Good morning. Aren't we fortunate to have Ruth at the piano? Just a little bit ago, I heard from Marilyn, our organist, who had shoulder surgery this past Tuesday. She is doing well, and she's really anxious to be back with us. So are we anxious to have her back. But I would encourage you to continue praying for her because she does have some weeks of rehab before she can be back with us. But she appreciates your prayers, and her comment is, I love my family. You are her family. I would ask that you stand if you are comfortable doing so as we begin our worship time today. Shout to the Lord.
Well, good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. How are you this morning? Well, it is good to see you this morning. A few smiling faces out there. And uh, if this is the very first time that you have ever been here, we'd love for you to take the opportunity to take the guest card that is in front of you in the pew, fill it out in its entirety and drop it in one of the offering uh, plates or boxes when you leave today. We would certainly appreciate that. We always enjoy singing praises to the Lord, having a time of worship and celebration. Not only is this the day the Lord has made, but every single day we focus our attention upon how God wants and desires to use us. And our focus today on success, what is success in God's eyes, that is what each of us needs to strive for every day. And today we're going to sing, we're going to hear scriptures, we're going to pray, and we're going to hear from his word focused upon that type of success. Pray with me, and we're going to continue to sing. Father, thank you for the time that you've given us today. We are blessed beyond measure. We are thankful. And in particular, we thank you for your presence being with us. Through the Holy Spirit, Father, each one of us is able to clear our minds and focus upon you, the holy God. And Father, I pray that this morning anything that might inhibit our worship would be set to the side. That our desire, even in the midst of pain and discouragement, no matter what might be going on in our lives, that Father, we would be able to push that aside and have an experience with you that is like none other. That's our prayer today, Father. It's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm pressing on the upward way. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights again.
Good morning, church family, visitors, and you out there watching on live stream this morning. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's join together in prayer. The truth is very narrow. The only way someone can come to the Father is through Jesus, who lived a completely sinless life in thought, word, and deed. We praise you for you are the Holy One, the true one, and the one to save us. Let our music and voices lift your name on high. We thank you, God, for sending a comforter to us, the Holy Spirit, to be with us now and forever. We lift up the needs of our congregation, facing difficulties, hardships, problems with their health, and their families and friends. We are a praying church to you, God, and with that relationship, we give thanks to you for hearing our petitions. We, the church, ask that you will be with our pastor, Dr. Kennedy, as he conveys your word in his message to guide us with you in our daily lives. We are all here today wonderfully blessed highly favored and deeply loved by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Amen. Street. 
This morning, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll turn to Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. The secret of success. And that probably starts when I can get my glasses out of my coat pocket. I guess I should have worked on that. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter uh, 3, verses 13 and 14, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Would you join me in prayer, please? Father, thank you for the time that you've given us. The songs have inspired us. The prayer. Father, it's laid the foundation to allow your spirit to speak boldly. Your scripture is pointed. It's inspiring. And I pray, Father, that we will receive it. And Father, at the same time, we will do all that we can to take the challenge of what Paul is saying. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that gunpowder can be made out of peanuts? I don't know. Are you a peanut fan? I love peanuts. Uh, There are some people that we know that are allergic to peanuts, and I I do feel for them. Uh, But sure enough... You can make gunpowder out of peanut hulls. George Washington Carver was born a slave. He was past the 30, uh, age 30 when he began to have the opportunity to study science. He so mastered that, that by the time of his death, he was recognized as one of the world's greatest agricultural scientists. He made more than 300 products out of peanuts. One of those was gunpowder. When asked the secret of his success, he said, I asked God to let me know all about science. And then I asked God to let me know all about biology. And then I asked God to let me know all about the peanut. (laughs) And God answered, George, that's a big order, but we'll see. And yet, At the end of his life, we see all the fruits of his labor. Carver concentrated his life on the study and the use of the peanuts. That was a huge agricultural benefit in the South for so long. That is his secret to success. The question that we might have is what is the secret to our success in accomplishing what God desires and wants. I think the scripture lays it out pretty well. There are three things, three ingredients that I would uh, say is the secret to success. First, 
Success requires centering your attention on one thing at a time. You got to concentrate upon the goal. You can't, you can't get lost in the details. I think this whole passage is made up of athletic terms. We're going to touch on at least three of those. You see, the Philippians understood the implication of those terms because of their relationship with Mount Olympus. They had this concept of what it was like to have competition, to be athletic. Paul said in verse 13, this one thing I do. It concentrates on this. There are a lot of things Paul could have done. There are a lot of things from the Old Testament in particular that he could have put into play, but he said, this one thing I do. We're right in the middle of the Olympic trials. If you're paying attention to any headlines or reading any columns or watching on television in any way, you're going to find that there is a lot of competition for the, uh, the United States trying to put their teams together for these upcoming Olympic Games. And I, I do remember from my running days that the runner can only think of the race that they're running right then. They can't think about races ahead. And when they concentrate on the race that they're running right then, if they get distracted by anything, they can lose a stride and very possibly lose the race. In one article I read this week, one of our athletes, he said he did not want to put anything in his body different than the regiment that he had been so focused on for so long to get him where he is right now. That is how focused this runner is and most of the Olympic athletes. I have seen races both in person and also on TV where the runners are running, they're getting close to the finish line and you'll see them look to see where their competition is and in that moment a half a stride is lost. Paul said, this one thing I do. You see, he understood the importance of concentration. God had made him responsible for carrying the gospel to the entire Gentile world. Did you get that? The entire Gentile world. That was huge. <laughs> he could have become lost in the details, but here's what he said. This one thing I do. There's some reasons why Paul didn't become lost in things, why he was able to keep above uh, all of the details, the minutiae, because he had one goal. That one goal was simply to please God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 kind of gives you that sense. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. With all of the myriad of details, the things that God wanted him to do, the things that God had called him to do, the gifts that he had given to Paul to accomplish all of those works. Above everything else, Paul said, for me to live as Christ. That was his goal. I want to be all in. I want to give everything that I can. And whatever task God has for me, it will be accomplished. But let me tell you, my goal 
is to represent and let Christ work and reflect through me. It means all of life. The goal may be divided into countless tasks, but only one goal. And sometimes we get a little lost in all of those details of striving to live the Christian life as well. And yes, getting into his word, digging into it, finding those incredible principles or those, those commands that he wants us to put in, into our lives, all of that is part of being a person who is a follower of Christ, following him. But the key is we've got to implement them. We've actually got to do it. And that's what the Apostle Paul was striving to accomplish. We can lose sight of the goal in many tasks. Right now, our church... Uh, while we were delayed to some degree, we are back engaged in our Vision 2025. It's going to be very possible for us to become lost in the details of all the action plans that our Vision 2025 that we adopted back in November of 2019 put, were put in place. We could get lost in those, but the reality is that our concentration as a church is to make Christ known. That's who we are. That's what we're striving to do in the community and within this body of Christ. There are a lot of tasks out there, but we need to focus not only as a church body, but for ourselves to please Christ, to make him known by the way that we live, by the way that we act, by the way that we talk. We find that Paul, Paul never looked at the bigness of the task. To win the Gentile world to the gospel. It's an impossible task, but Paul looked at it differently. He looked at it as great opportunity. He would never run out of prospects. You probably heard about the, uh, the shoe salesman that went to some third world country and he came back discouraged. He just said, they don't wear shoes. Another shoe salesman went to that country and they said, send as many shoes as you can because nobody's wearing shoes. You know, it's all a matter of perspective. What is your perspective? You strive to want to be all that Christ wants you to be, to live for Christ, to accomplish the task that he wants you to accomplish. But don't look at the bigness of the task because I promise you for each one of us, we will say, oh, I just don't have the abilities to accomplish that. And yet God said, this is, these are the things I want you to do Follow me, and I'll make sure that these things are accomplished through you. We have a bigness of task here. In Sun City West, somewhere between 8 and 9 out of every 10 people who, are, who live in Sun City West, and that is true also for Sun City Grand, for Sun City, Peoria, surprise, that between 8 and 9 of every 10 people, according to the survey, do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The opportunity is out there. We can either be overwhelmed, say we just can't, can't accomplish it, especially in our particular field of ministry, because if somebody gets to this age and they don't have a relationship with Christ and they've gotten through all of those years, it's very difficult to help them to see the light that they need Christ in that final stretch. But that's our responsibility. And we should not be overwhelmed by the bigness of the task. We should look at the opportunity, relish the opportunity, because we have the gospel, we have the light to share to folks in this stage of life. We look at the opportunity. I think this kind of concentration requires two things. First of all, it requires making up your mind. 
Paul said, this one thing I do. The wording shows thought and decision. He's thought through it and he has decided, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm called to do. This is my goal in life. I've been called to live for Christ. And whatever it takes to do that, whatever I'm called to do that, then I'm going to fulfill it with everything that I have. Not only does it require making up your mind to think through it and to decide, but it also requires action. Verse 12, he said, I press on. You know, to wish and to plan is not enough. You get into a committee and you, you have great plans, you have great wishes, but that doesn't mean it's going to be accomplished, is it? Just because you put it on paper doesn't mean it's automatically going to, to happen. You've got to begin the process of making those strategies work. I had not uh, necessarily unpacked my pressure washer from our move from Florida. It was in storage for a while. And so I finally decided this uh, in May, I, I might as well take it to the shop and uh, get it all fixed up, working, in good working order. And so I took it there, and uh, they called and said, okay, it's going to need a new carburetor, and it goes through everything. All the, the, the fuel system is going to have to be run. Basically, they were going to gut it and rebuild it was, was basically what was going to happen. And then after those two weeks, um, they said, you know what? It's also going to need a brand-new water pump. And uh, so I asked them, I said, well, how much is all that going to cost? And they gave me the price. I said, boy, these days you can almost buy a new one for that. He said, that's true, but it wouldn't be as good as this one. This is, this is a great pressure washer. So off we went. And I waited two weeks and then three weeks and didn't hear from them. And so I called them, and, and they said, you know, the port's, part's still on order. And so I waited another two or three weeks, and finally I called them, and I said, do, do, you, do you by chance have this part? I, I don't want to be forgotten. In the back of my mind, I have to be frank with you, uh, I really did want to be forgotten for a while, because my wife had some tasks with the pressure washer that she wanted me to do. And so this is not really something that I, I wanted to get right on. Well, you know if you're ordering parts or things like that right now, they are so back-ordered. Finally, I called on a, uh, on a Monday morning, and I said, okay, we are about six weeks out right now. Uh, can you tell me by chance where that part might be and he said my manager called this morning and it is shipped today well I don't know if it was really shipped today or if they had just forgotten it who knows I don't know but boy by the end of the week it came and then I had hours of work to do around my place you see I didn't really want to do that I mean we had thought through what we needed to do there were decisions on here's the things that we want to accomplish around our uh, the outside of our house, but I did not want to begin the action. I did everything I could to delay it, but you know what? Once it was done, it was right. And sometimes that's what we're going to have to do, especially as a church, as we're looking at Vision 2025. Um, we've got to get started. We have been on hold because of the coronavirus for an extended time, but we hey, must engage. We have thought through that process we've made the decision and now we must begin we must launch out and accomplish what God what we believe God wants us to do to make Christ known in our community and we'll please him so 
very first and foremost, success, it requires concentrating on one thing at a time and doing it to its fullest and getting it done. Number two, success involves forgetting the past. Verse 13, Paul says, forgetting what is behind. It's another athletic term. You know, as I said, a runner who, who looks back at the opponent very likely will break their stride and might lose the race. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service the kingdom of God. This idea of longing for what we had in the past is something that we've got to forget. You know, the Apostle Paul had a few things that he had to forget. He had to forget what he had given up to follow Jesus Christ. He was a lawyer. He, he, his, his teacher was an amazing teacher, Gamaliel. He was a teacher in, in spiritual or scriptural law. He was one of the young members of the Sanhedrin, most scholars believe. And when he gave his life to Christ, you'll find that there was no family around to support him. If he had a family, they had dropped off the face of the earth and he had to move forward. There were some things that when he followed Christ with everything he said, for me to live as Christ, he had to do it and forget some things that he had left behind. Secondly, we find that he had to forget the murder of Stephen. At the very least, the Apostle Paul was holding, when his name was Saul, was holding the robes of those who threw stones and murdered that first deacon in the church. And some say he had the authority to order it. Now as he's focusing upon communicating Christ to the Gentile world, there are some things that he had to forget. And this was one of them. And he had to forget the hardness of the way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 23 through 28, it just gives you a brief summary of everything that Paul had to go through up to that point. He said, are, are they servants of Christ? I must be out of my mind to talk like this. Well, I am more. I have worked much harder, been imprisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled. I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for the churches." That is not an easy task. There were things that he had to overcome. But he says here, as he's writing from prison, he says, listen, I forget those things so that I might focus upon accomplishing what God has called me to do. I want to please Christ, no matter how hard the road is. For us, there are some things that we must forget, too, if we're going to, to give it all for Christ. First, we're going to have to forget our blunders. You know, no, not a one of us are perfect. 
we're all going to make mistakes. We all have, my goodness gracious. I can't even count the number of mistakes that I've made over the course of my life. And if I let those sit there and haunt me and continue to, to whisper in my ear, I promise you that it would sideline me to accomplish what God wants. I have to forget those. And I'll talk about how to do that in just a moment. Also, we have to forget our heartaches. Our partners in ministry, as we walk through it, whether they be our spouse or a good friend, and we strive to, to do ministry with them, and we lose them, how hard is it to continue to move forward, to say there's still purpose in my life, and so I must move forward to accomplish and to please Christ. But to please Him, we're going to have to grieve that loss and we're going to have to continue to press on. And we're going to have to forget some injuries. I promise you that people are going to hurt you. They're going to say things to you or about you. They're going to think things about you. They're going to do things that are going to hurt you, whether it's outside the church, whether it's inside the church. I promise you you're going to have injuries if you're striving to go all out for Jesus Christ. And you, you have the opportunity to hold those grudges, and if you do, I promise you, they will become a root of bitterness, as Peter says, and you will be sidelined as well, and you will never be able to accomplish pleasing Christ. We've got to let it go. We've got to forgive whether those that hurt us, whether they have apologized or not, we've got to move forward and let go of that bitterness. There's sins that we have got to turn away from. Let me tell you, sins will sidetrack us as quick as somebody could snap their finger. So what do we do about those? Well, we've got to turn from them, repent. We've got to confess them. We've got to acknowledge them, confess them, ask forgiveness. God says he will forgive them. And you know what else God says? He said, I will remember them no more. They're washed away. And Jesus did that for us. And if they're washed away, then we should no longer remember them either, should we? Because I promise you this, at every step along the way, Satan can whisper in your ear and remind you, oh, how about that sin, that habitual sin in your life that you, that you yourself committed? You think you can really serve Jesus and you still have that on you? And that's the time that you have to come back and say, no, no, that sin is forgiven. And I can continue to do all that God wants me to do. And so if we're going to accomplish some things, there's some things in the past we're going to have to put behind us. And we're going to have to concentrate on that one thing, pleasing Christ. Broken down in a lot of different tasks, but that's what we must do. Third and last, we find that success demands never giving up. In verse 14, the Apostle Paul said, I press on. Literally, the meaning is, I go on pressing on. What does it mean to press on? 
Well, I think there are probably three things that I could pull out of this passage. Number one, press on means to keep your mind centered on the goal. And so you're concentrating, but you continue to concentrate. It's not for a short term. This is ongoing. I go on pressing on. No matter what, I'm pressing forward. My centerpiece is the goal. The goal is not things. The goal is not events. The goal is to please God. We must never get lost in the, the things, the details, the minutiae. And I'm telling you, it's easy to do that. It's easy to look at life and all the things that come at you and just feel overwhelmed and say, I just can't do this. But we've got to go back to concentrating the goal, to allowing ourselves to rise above that minutiae those details, those hurts, and strive to see every day's problems in light of pleasing God. Years ago, I, every year, I used to read Charles Shelton's book, In His Steps. And I would start it on January 1st, and I would just, it was a refresher for me. I would see how God would use so many different things in the lives of, of these characters in this book. What comes out, though, is that question that you've all heard. What would Jesus do? And so we need to think through that. When we strive to keep us our, ourselves centered on the goal, when we come to a crossroads, or we come to maybe some confusion, or we come to a place where or we're just not 100% sure, am I going to be able to rise up and concentrate on the goal? Well, what would Jesus do? You look at the life of Jesus and everything that he did. Everything that was against him. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. He prayed for that to be taken away. But he understood it was not going to be taken away. And so he said, will be done that's where we have to get what would Jesus do he would give everything he would please God no matter how difficult it is press on also means to keep moving toward the goal but never look down always look at Jesus that's why it's so important for you to stay within the Word of God to, to be grounded in the Word of God God's Word and the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you and your Christian brothers and sisters, we form this incredible partnership to lift up each other, to stay within the foundation for the Spirit to teach us and to help us through the most difficult times of our life in order to continue to look at Jesus. Probably the best illustration of that is in Matthew chapter 14, where Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, oh, bid me come on the, on the water, and Jesus said, come. And without even a thought, Jesus allowed, uh, Peter got out of the boat and started literally walking on the water. He, he was walking on the water. He wasn't worried about the minutiae. He wasn't worried about the details. What he wanted to do was to 
keep his eyes on Jesus until he started looking at the minutiae, the winds, the possible rain, the waves, and all of a sudden clicking in his head, well, wait a second, I've never walked on water before. I don't think I can do this. And he sank immediately. And he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out. It's the idea of keeping your eyes on Jesus. Because it is very human to look at the details. It's very human to see the landscape around us and to see the difficulties, especially in our age range. There are a lot of things that go wrong. And it's not just with health, it's with our family, with our finances, with our relationships. There, there's so many things. But as we strive to finish strong, we come back to this idea that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what. He said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So never dwell on the details, because I promise you they will scare you out of striving to please God. Because they're overwhelming. But with Jesus, I'm telling you, it will happen. I think of, of our text last Sunday with Moses. God had this tremendous task of going to Pharaoh for Moses and getting the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the land flowing with milk and honey. And he gave every excuse that he could. But here Moses kept hearing what God said. And beside his brother Aaron, together, they were able to confront Pharaoh. Not knowing how things were going to happen, but God one plague after another plague after another plague accomplished that freedom with Moses leading the group even to the place of the Red Sea with the sea before them and the mountains on either side and now the Egyptians who realized they had just given up all of their labor right behind them but Moses kept his eye on the goal he listened to what God said and the waters opened up and they passed through even through the 40 years of wilderness wanderings where the people still couldn't make up their minds what they wanted to do and yet Moses continued to lead them press on we've got to keep pressing on so we understand that press on means to keep your mind centered on the goal press on means to keep moving toward the goal. And third, press on means a wholehearted effort. You go back to verse 13 again, and in the King James Version it says reaching forth. In the NIV it says straining forward at another athletic term that Paul uses. The idea <coughs> is to keep your hands and your eyes stretching forward. So that's what you do when you walk or when you run. You're doing everything you can to reach forward, to move forward, to keep moving and going with everything that you have. You think of those runners at the Olympic trials. 
folks doing the 100 yard uh, meters or the so I'm sorry the 100 meter run it is incredible they're straining everything they have in that short time period to get to the finish line that happens with the folks doing the 800 meters too and the 1600 meters in the Christian life Paul's using athletic terms and he says listen these are the kinds of things that you need to do as well you need to strain forward in other words it's not a half-hearted we can't check out and say well you know I've done my task I've done my duty and and now I, I don't have to do anymore I've done my I've done my role because the heart of Jesus wants every single person to have the opportunity to give their life to Christ and in this community alone we have eight to nine out of ten who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ we can't coast we've got to strain with everything that we have to do all that we can and I think the total sum of this when we think of our own personal calling from God what God has said he wants you to do which is to please him and the task under that that he will help you to accomplish and our church looking at vision 2025 I think the sum total is that never slack up never slow down and never give up Paul said I go on pressing on success demands action concentration and dedication and this morning that's my challenge to you I can't tell you what God has called you to do and how he's gifted you but I can stand up here and tell you that every one of us need to be faithful and doing as much as we can to accomplish what God has called us to do and the sum total is let's do it let's get it done life is not over but for some of these folks that are out there that don't know Jesus in a heartbeat their life could be over an eternity separated from God and today could be a day that you say you know what pastor I know some of those people I'm in a club with them I have neighbors I have family members I have friends and I'm going to start striving hard to build relationships to honor Christ so that I can share the gospel and I have the right to do that because I've taken the time to genuinely sincerely care about those people there may be some here today that say you know I don't I don't know Jesus I'm, I'm faithful in church but I don't know him personally and during our invitation I'd encourage you to to make that decision for those that are looking for a church home a place that they can settle in and say okay I, I'm I'm ready to serve whatever God calls me to do I'm ready to go we would welcome you for each one of us are we pleasing God where we are right now father as we move into our invitation we just specifically ask you to give us understanding of the commitment that we need to make of what success is in your eyes and help us to concentrate on that one goal, whatever it takes, and that is to please you. 
And if there's anything that hinders us from doing that, help us to put it behind us. And Father, help us to do it wholeheartedly, to keep pressing on, no matter what things happen. Because at this stage, we want to finish strong. We want to honor you and please you. Whatever that takes for each one of us, I pray this morning, those decisions will be made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stand and let's sing our invitation hymn.